The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome into the BGN Radio Instant Reaction Show. And there's going to be a lot of reaction instantly, of course. Finally, the gun is over and the final whistle's been blown. The misery is over out in Vegas. Anybody taking a trip out to Las Vegas thinking that they could mix a little fun with the Philadelphia Eagles getting a victory on the road? Well, that's been dashed. And 10 days rest to put together this game plan to look as sloppy as they did, to have constant issues resurface that we've seen not only at the start of the season, but throughout now this regular season. And it's not just me, Jess, Rachel here as well. And I'll let Jess offer a little bit more depth to this point, but we've been re-emphasizing it each and every week about how you don't need to win every single game, but just look like you are coming prepared. And I don't think that it's any coincidence this deep now into the season where we've had an opportunity to see the head coach, the defensive coordinator, and yes, guys on the field as well, from Jalen Hurts to people on D that we're going to pick out and pinpoint. But no coincidence right now that we've got Doug Peterson trending, that we've got Chip Kelly trending, that it is just an absolute disaster with the Philadelphia Eagles when it comes to providing hope and that's really i think jess right what we've been looking at for the majority of this season is not just hope that they can win a football game like here's the thing i went from having hope for the future to say oh you know hey i'm hopeful that jalen hurts is the quarterback i'm hopeful that nick sirianni is the head coach too now i'm just hopeful that they can beat the lions yeah and you kind of said it Perfectly. It wasn't about necessarily winning games this season. And I, I know that sounds ridiculous to say because you always want to see them win games. And I think especially after week one, when they came out the way they did, it gave us a little bit of a sense of false hope that, okay, maybe they could at least be a little competitive in the midst of all of this. But we talk about going back to 2016 and, and there were really low lows in 2016 and there were high highs in 2016, but there was a lot of below mediocre in the middle that it was things from Doug Peterson that we really liked from him and we really liked going forward and there were things from Carson Wentz that we saw that we really liked that made us excited going forward obviously like the Cincinnati Bengals game was brutal right and that was something that made you 
really just want to, you know, put your head in your hands and not know what was going forward. But then you think back to a game like when they played the Baltimore Ravens and it came down to the last play of the game and they went right down the field, scored, and they went for the two-point conversion, went for the win instead of playing for the tie in overtime. You walked out of that game thinking, okay, yeah, it sucks that they lost, but also I love going for it there, going for the win, not playing overtime. They went right down the field and scored against a really good defense. There were just things that gave you a good positive feeling. They were seven and nine, but they didn't feel seven and nine. There was a lot of positivity and a lot of hope going forward. And obviously then they came out and won a Super Bowl. And while I'm sitting, like we didn't need him to be good. We didn't need him to be below average. We just wanted some sort of hope and positivity and seeing the semblance of something that could be competitive going forward and something that gives, gives us something to look forward to in these coming years. And, and we've talked about it a lot. I can deal with growing pains within the offense of a young quarterback with, you know, his, in his 11th start with 11 different offensive lines. I looked at it last week. This was his, I think, seventh different starting offensive line. And in four oh. of the, and four of those games were also in 11 games were shuffled with an injury mid game. Sure. So there have been, I think nine or 10 actual different offensive line combinations, truly that he's, he's seen. And you see it with things like Jack Driscoll's Jack, Jack Driscoll tipping the snap in the red zone, things like that. But when you look at something as dumb as you know, <laughs> Nick Sirianni deciding to decline that penalty and make it third and 15 instead of fourth and five and letting them punt, like that's not growing pains that is gives you hope for the future. That's stupidity that you want removed from your football team immediately. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're right. You you can't afford to have that type of, and I'll use your term because I think it's awesome and perfect intact for what we saw out there today in Vegas. But if it's people that are just exhibiting stupidity, it's not stuff that I think you can easily or maybe even long-term correct. Now, right. sometimes and, and look, I'm an example of it. We we all have a little stupid in us, I'm sure. And there have been plenty of examples in life where it's just been like, you know what, Shander? And I'll just use me as an example. Too stupid to fix. So you just kind of move on in whatever scenario. And, and look, I think with Sirianni and Gannon getting roasted, both of these guys have yet to show any feel for it. So it's a combination, right? It's, hey, you guys had 10 days to prepare. Now, we'll get into the players, and I know Hertz is going to get a lot of criticism, rightfully so, but just to your point about the organization and the people now charged with the game plan, 10 days to put this sucker together, and it looked like you were basically rushed into it. Like somebody told you last night, oh, hey, by the way, you're out in Vegas tomorrow, and you're taking on the Raiders. Here's the scouting report. Go ahead. And then in-game, as you've mentioned, and we've talked about this now, it seems like more often than not each and every week, the adjustments are just not there and you're missing glaring opportunities, right? To adjust. Yeah. It's, it's nothing that's showing me, Hey, this is a one, this was a, a, a new coach mistake. This was a young wide receiver mistake. It's none of, it's not showing me any of those things. That's not what I'm gathering from this team right now. This is I'm, I'm gathering a head coach who's in way over his head and is not an NFL caliber coach. 
a defensive coordinator who does not garner the respect of his players and makes stupid decisions all game. I, there was a tweet from Jimmy Kemsky that actually I, I had, had tears coming out of my eyes because I laughed so hard. And it was something along the lines of, you know, all the Raiders players are wide open, but any blade of grass 50 yards down the field is, is locked down. And that <laughs> made me laugh so hard because it's true. I mean, I don't know what kind of decision making is going on there. And I understand that for some things, the personnel is just not there. But again, I mean, for a defense full of veterans, the way that they play sometimes and they play such uninspired football, like it looked like none of them even wanted to be there. Nope. Let alone being prepared. They didn't want to be there. And it sucks for the, I would venture to say a couple thousand Eagles fans that spent their money to go out to Vegas and have a good weekend and try to go see their team play for them to come out as flat uninspired as they did and that again that's a like you said it the, the we'll get to the players and the players you know we have our issues there but from the top down if your team comes out completely uninspired to play after 10 days like that this is not the way to proceed forward no nope. nope. not at all and and look i, I know and I'm, I'm not getting ahead of myself in the sense of to open this up for conversation, but just in the hypothetical, right, that Jalen Hurts is not, for whatever reason, the quarterback moving forward, and the Eagles have chosen to upgrade via picks with a veteran, do you think anybody worth their weight in the NFL wants to play for this guy, wants to come in? And, and again, I'm not even talking about it just from a replace Jalen Hurts standpoint. I'm just saying no veteran would yeah. Derek Carr wouldn't want to come in and play for this guy if he had a chance to move on. You're right. There's something now glaring about how bad and really how vulnerable this coaching staff is. And then, look, if you have a bad day from Hurts, which we did, and again, I don't know how many people are going to focus on that fourth quarter, the 15-3 to Eagles beating the Raiders in the fourth quarter, but that game was over. It was 30-7 to yeah. at one point, right? That game was over. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 and not even just – a, a veteran not wanting to come here. I mean, think about it, it, any spot within this organization that is vacant come January. Who wants to be here? In any, I mean, they were the laughing stock of the NFL last year, and all they could get was Nick Sirianni. Can you imagine yeah. if they fire Nick Sirianni? And what what would end up here? They might not have a head coach because nobody wants that job. And I don't care if people want to say, oh, well, there's only 32 head coaching jobs in the NFL. Someone's going to take it. Yeah, probably not. Because eventually, if they keep running through these guys the way that they ran through offensive coordinators under Doug Peterson, and obviously, like, they lost a lot of guys from the Super Bowl, and rightfully so because they won a Super Bowl. But then from there, every single person that came in here and left, it's not going to be a mystery why these guys aren't around anymore. And there's going to continue to be conversation about what goes on within the organization. And regardless of who this person is, no one is going to want to touch this job with a 37 foot pole because they don't want their coaching career to start off in this way. It's a great point. And I think it's amazing to see an organization that's just a couple of a handful of years away from winning a Super Bowl 
to now being a spot to where only the most desperate would want to come here. And maybe there's a money standpoint. It's a capped league from a player. All right, so I get it that you can wiggle around and take advantage there. But from a personnel standpoint, absolutely. And look, here's the thing. If we can just start to focus on some of the guys on the field as well, Jess, the reality is Jalen Hurts hasn't simply done enough to hush that conversation. And that's unfortunate for him because I think you, myself, Rachel, and so many other people around the entire nation here have been rooting for Jalen Hurts to succeed. But the reality is, is again, today, and, and yes, there's some hollow stats at the end that we seem to see with sure. this football team, but come on, reality again, 30 to 7, he was held in check. That's, I think, the most unfortunate yet sobering part of today, which is, man, I'm rooting for this kid. I want him to succeed, but he hasn't done anything really to hush that combo of what happens next year. No, he hasn't. And it, and it's a shame because I just think that there are, are other things as well that aren't doing him any favors. Yes, um, right. And, I, and, and it sucks because, yes. because that's the case. Like, you know, they feed Miles Sanders for the first time in five weeks. And then he, and then he goes down with an injury and back to Jack Driscoll's hand. Like yep. Uh, yep. it's, it's things like that, that, and, you know, on top of the play calling, decision making, the defense being bad, there's nothing that's helping him either. And he's not helping himself at times. So it really, really sucks because I want him to succeed so badly. And it's I, I just I just don't know what. What what's coming, what's going to be in store for what's going to be in store for this team and for us as fans, you know, going forward. I have no idea. No, I don't think anybody does. And if you look at a game and not to get away from what just happened, because we'll focus on a ton of it, but it's just, again, reflective of where we are in this season, all of a sudden Detroit is just a grab back. Like, I don't know what could happen. I'm confident in the Eagles, but I was confident that the Eagles would at least show up. And hold on. And look, the Raiders did the same thing they did last week with Denver with the Eagles, where it was almost like the rope of dope. Where, okay, the first quarter, there was a little something there. And then all of a sudden, but Carr's interception, as great as it was for Avante Maddox to be right place, right time, and Hargraves put some pressure on it, it was still a a deflection. It wasn't like, you know, it was something that was schemed so much. You just felt like, even though the Raiders didn't even score in the first, and they were kind of just, you kind of felt like, that offense was working and it was only a matter of time. I don't know about the explosion that we saw in the second and third, but still it's only a matter of time before they got yeah. it going. It was, it, yeah, you could tell that they, they were, you know, kind of feeling it and it was just only a matter of time before they, they scored. Um, but with the Detroit lions coming up next, like at least with the Detroit lions, like I, I know they're zero and seven, but they are playing that inspired kind of 0 and 7 where I'm sure even as a Detroit Lions fan, actually, I know a couple of Detroit Lions fans. I might text them after this. Just there you to go. See. Um, I did text one already and say, congratulations on your first win next week against the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, nice. But nice. I, I, they're, they're feeling they're, it's a good feel 0 and 7. You know what I mean? It's yeah. so different than, what we've got going on over here at two and five. It's such a mess. It's such a mess. So the way that they're playing and the way that 
that coaching staff has them playing, it's a totally different feel than what it, what's going on in Philadelphia right now. And to answer that question, yes, I do. I miss yeah. Doug. I do. You miss Doug more than Carson, I'm sure. Yeah. Because <laughs> I saw him. Now, Minshew is trending. Here's the thing. Let's start with Hertz and then kind of go and sprinkle around. I know that we have a bunch of tweets to get to. And yes, beyond Doug, Jared Dawson also on the chat. Spot on. Scary time to be an Eagles fan. Could be doing this all over again next year. I think it's going to be a long year. I, I can't even focus on next year as far as the week to week until we get through Detroit. But let me just ask a simple question for you. Take it anywhere you like. What was the most, if you could only choose one thing about Hurts today that frustrated, that drove you mad, what would it be? I I think I would just have to say just the accuracy at times. Yeah. A, a couple different times where, you know, the not the first ball to Devontae Smith, because I don't think that one was as low. That one looked like Devontae should have had it, just got hit hard, which, you know, fine, happens, whatever. It was the second one that was at his feet that – it's it's you know get the first down get away from the end zone it just a couple of different times throwing behind guys and it, that was I think the most frustrating thing for for me today yeah I, I agree I think the accuracy is something that we haven't seen get better from a consistency standpoint right we saw the flash where it was bad against Dallas comes back against Carolina but we're back to having this conversation again which is it's not even so much right that he's getting by without the act. It's, it's becoming a problem. Like it's hurting him because right. also this, the head coach, and this is back to the point you raised about, yes, we're all frustrated with hurts, but it's clearly not all his fault. The head coach refuses to run the football consistently. So hurts now is charged with running the ball, but it goes back to, Hey, if you're inaccurate, you can't get around that. At least again, we saw that not getting around it today. Right. And, and it also, it, it goes right back, tying it all together. I'm not, I don't trust the people that are responsible for helping him improve that. <laughs> so I'm not surprised it hasn't improved because I think that the people that are responsible for helping have butts for brains. So it's not surprising that we are still here where we are because it's, it's the same thing. Like, even as simple as like, we've got a quarter, a, a coach who talks about being such a wide receiver guy, former wide receiver, knowing the wide receivers, loving the wide receivers, constantly coaching and teaching the wide receivers and blah, 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 blah. And the wide receivers are still not getting open. And, and this was his job at Indy. Right. I don't understand. I, I, I can't, I can't comprehend what, <laughs> what is going on. I just, and that's the thing. And I think that just goes right back to, I think there's a lot of guys with so much talent that ultimately no one's doing them any favors. And I think it's, you know, I saw a tweet earlier today that said something like, um, you know, it, uh, Devontae Smith would have Jamar Chase numbers if he was playing for the Bengals instead of the Eagles. And I don't disagree with that. It just sucks that the pe the people that are here are the ones that are here and are responsible for doing what they're doing to the Eagles because I think there's a lot of talent being wasted and not being grown and cultivated and improved upon. And I, th again, it, it, nothing's going to change because we have the same people in charge that are making the same decisions and that are going to hire the same kinds of puppets that they need to do whatever they want to do and operate the same way they want to operate. And for the foreseeable future, we are stuck in this 
bullshit merry-go-round that we are just going through. And it's the same thing. I, I, I mean, if you think about post McNabb, right? Like think about what they've gone through since then. So they draft Kevin Cobb. He comes in. He They've signed Michael Vick. He gets hurt. They put Michael Vick in. Then Michael Vick gets hurt. They go back to Kevin Cobb. Then they draft Nick Foles. Everybody gets hurt. Nick Foles plays, throws seven touchdowns against the Raiders out of nowhere, gets hurt. Michael Vick comes back in. They trade Nick Foles for Sam Bradford, right? Then they keep Sam Bradford for a year. He's terrible. They draft Carson Wentz. Say, don't worry, Sam. We're going to sit Carson for a year, and and you're going to be the guy. And then two weeks before the season, they trade him for a first-round pick. All right, Carson, you're our starter. Then then he gets hurt. Nick Foles wins a Super Bowl. They keep Nick Foles. They bring Carson back a little bit early. He gets hurt again. Nick Foles plays. They let Nick Foles walk. What do they do? Oh, they draft Jalen Hurts. It's insane. It, it, what are they? Out that it, it, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, like they they can't commit. So no. we're gonna keep doing this over and over again, and it's never gonna get any better. You're right. They have. Ser- I didn't even realize that until you illustrated that way. It's like they, and, but they were the ones who ended the relationship with Donovan McNabb. It's not like McNabb broke their heart, and right. then ever since then they have commitment issues. But you're right. right. They cannot commit, even when somebody is staring at them, smack in their face. They cannot commit for whatever reason. And it's going to happen again. It's in right. their DNA. It's in their history. Right. Exactly. Wow. And they don't they do not do enough to support the person that's here. Right? So they know they're going to bail. Right. Even <laughs> when they, they bring in these right. guys, like, then, then all of a sudden, like, and, and meanwhile, in the midst of all that, it's like, they let Nick Foles go. Carson plays 16 straight games, which everyone said he couldn't do again. And he has a 4,000 yard season, the first quarterback in Eagles history to throw for 4,000 yards without a 500 yard receiver. And then they draft Jalen Rager instead of Justin Jefferson and then draft Jalen Hurts. And again, like, I don't have, I, it, it wasn't the fact that they drafted Jalen Hurts. It was just the fact that like, that was not the decision right there. Cause either right. they paid the wrong guy $120 million or they made a dumb pick. And either way, the Eagles front office, they're the morons in the situation. So it doesn't matter what they do. They don't do enough to support the guy that's here anyway. So we're just going to sit here and everyone is going to crap all over the guy under center and talk about, you know, how, how terrible he is, how he needs to be traded. Oh yeah. Let's bring Deshaun Watson here of all people go through this whole thing. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who's here because the coaching staff is a puppet for the front office. They're going to suck. And the front office isn't going to do enough to keep the guys around that they need to succeed. So we're SOL no matter what happens. You're right. No, and and that's exactly what's going to happen now with Jalen Hurts. It's inevitable. It's in their history. They will not commit. And they've already shown in their history that they're not going to do enough. And committing is building around. And they really haven't done that. Even now with Devontae Smith, as you mentioned, it's a great comparison as far as what's happening. I mean, Jamar Chase, rookie of the year, without a doubt. But if you look at what's happening there and, and any other comparison, and I feel like we're constantly drawing that comparison. Now, this is a little bit easier than like a JJ versus DK Metcalf. But point being is that once again, we're looking at our guy and saying, in this case, it's not our guy versus their guy, but it's how our guy is being used sure. compared to like so many other guys. But that's the thing is, what are we really expecting? This Eagles team to use all these draft picks and build around Jalen Hurts at the end of a mediocre at best season? No, 
It's like trying to get the person to meet your parents, but they have yet to make any type of long-term commitment in a relationship. It's not going to happen. No. You're just going to bail. Be like, oh, yeah, come on, I got exams or I have work or whatever it is, right. you know, excuse that you could come up with. But you're not going to make that type of step in a relationship. You're not drafting a bunch of wide receivers in the first round next year for Hurts when you know you're going to bail. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Yeah, everyone, we, you know, we watched the Minnesota Vikings war room absolutely mock the hell out of the Philadelphia Eagles when they drafted Jalen Rager instead of Justin Jefferson. But like, Justin Jefferson's not having the career that he's this, this, you know, short two year career so far that he's having if he's in an Eagles uniform. Yeah. If you put Jalen Rager out there in a Vikings uniform, he might be having those numbers. We don't know. Right. And it's, it's, it all goes back to what's happening here and how they're being used here. Because I, I, I mean, you, you see it and you just see it happen and you see simple things like Jordan Hicks can't stay healthy. Nope. He hasn't missed a game since he's gone to Arizona. It's crazy. Hasn't missed a game. And Zach Hurst today. How about that? Right away. Zach Hurst, who did not have a single yard after a catch in like six years, had more today in one play. <laughs> I'm so happy for Zach Hurst. Oh, me too. How can so you not be, right? I don't even care. I'm so happy for him. I want him to go get another ring with Arizona. I do. You know what, though? Real quick, I know Rachelle has a bunch of tweets. She's been doing a fantastic job getting up all your comments as well in the chat. So we're going to do our best to address each and every one of them. But I think you bring up something that is now rather interesting to me. And really, the only real positive I think we have left, which is all of the positivity that we thought we were going to have for this football team can now be put upon the shoulders of Zach Ertz to just go out there and by proxy root for him. And you're yeah. right. If he wins another Super Bowl ring, I feel like a lot of us here is going to be like, yeah, you know, that was that was a little victory for us as well, especially as how freaking parade? miserable it is for us here now. So miserable. <laughs> it's so miserable. And it's just not getting any better. I'm scared nope. to turn the Sixers on when we wrap this up. I'm scared. Yeah, uh, seriously, at this point, I don't know how much of a pivot that's going to be. All right, I, I see a bunch of people up here on the chat. Colin Berger, the most recent, they had 10 days, all caps. Yes, they did, by all means. Rachel, what do you have on Twitter, though? I, I know that you put it out there as far as just any type of reaction. I can't imagine that there was anything at all, like even with a block punt or something along those lines, there, nothing that you could point to today 
that I can imagine would be positive, right? I have seen nothing positive. Just scanning, I wrote down the few that I thought were awesome. Whole team hangover, hungover. I think that that was a pretty good one. They seemed like they were completely out of whack. You guys hit it right, the nail right on its head. Happy for Ertz. You guys literally just touched on that. And I think I, I think we all are really happy for him. He deserves he deserves it. Dazed and confused. I think that was pretty spot on today. Hurts to watch. Sell, sell, sell. That was another one that I saw. I have not. I really have not seen anything positive. Everyone is bad. Uh, we really suck. Like pulling teeth. It's draft season. That was the most recent one I saw. But I have not seen anything positive. So if you guys see anything positive, definitely call it out. But shout out to the people in the. Uh, chat with yeah, the a lot of them. You guys are like killing it. These are like spot on. Nick Brain Dead Sirianni is my favorite. I did not see that. Oh man, that's a good one. Uh, I'm surprised we haven't seen that earlier this year. It took yeah week seven for that to pop out. It's three words. He's, it fits the criteria. He's been bad, but that decision today is one of the worst coaching decisions in recent memory. Yeah, and. You, it, I'm sure you saw what happened at the Sixers game on Friday. Those coaching decisions. This is the worst coaching decision that I have seen probably almost in my entire life, I think. I can't think of anything that comes close. Right, right. That's, that was bad. Yeah. No, you're right. That's lack of feel to like the 10th power. That's like that not even understanding the sport that he's no. a head coach for almost. Like, I can't, yeah, you're so right. You could flip a coin at that point. Why didn't he just flip a coin at that point? Seriously, you could pick anybody who does not watch football and say, Do you want to accept or decline this penalty? You accept this penalty, fourth right. down, they punt the ball to you. You decline this penalty, they get to try again. And any idiot would be like, Oh, no, we want the ball back. Don't let them try again. Any moron ever in the history of the world. No, you're right. And I can't believe that we're having these conversations seven weeks into the season. Seven. Where it's still, it's still this situation here that's rearing its ugly head throughout the game. And and like, there's no trust anymore that these guys can fix it. In no. game, ahead of game, there's the, they've left us with no hope that they're prepared for any game and nor can they fix it when they are unprepared. They can only prepare for a game adequately when they have the entire offseason and camp to prepare. Right, Atlanta, Atlanta, that's it. That is the only time. Ten days is not going to work. Really? And I'm sure the bye week is not going to be enough either whenever that rolls around. Fourteen days isn't going to be enough. Right, either. right. So full offseason. So we'll see week one next year. Yeah. Right, yeah. I can't believe it. Honestly, a lot of people, too, on the chat, I saw Chris, most frustrating part, line supposed to be strengths on both sides of the ball. Haven't seen that consistently. Right. We've seen flashes mm -hmm. of it, but nothing along the lines of consistency from, especially working in the same game. It's been very rare that we've got that. And then now we're left most recently frustrated as all hell with both coaches on both sides of the ball. So nothing has changed. If anything, it's got worse. No. It just keeps, it keeps going downhill. I, I, I have no words. I have no words for how aggressively abysmal. And even, I just think even little decisions, like 
something as simple as I I understand that Andre Dillard, you want him playing at left tackle and not moving him to right tackle because he has not shown yeah. any sort of strength at right tackle. But the guy that you just paid all the money to be your left tackle, you make move to right tackle. And then Lane Johnson comes back and you put him back at left tackle and just expect everything to be fine and it not be a struggle and it not be tough. That's like not, it's like being right hand dominant and trying to write an essay test in 15 minutes with your left hand. And then for like two weeks and being like, okay, you can use your right hand again. And then being like, psych, use the other one. That's, that's hilarious. That, that it. So like it's it's things like like decisions like that. I'm yeah. like, it's no. that's what's really frustrating it, because you know Jordan Mailata did not have a very good game today, but also Jordan Mailata has been playing at right tackle for the last three weeks. Yep. So the decision making, I just I just I can't rely on anybody for anything within this organization. No, it's a great way to I think encapsulate all of our frustration. Right. Which is we're frustrated with people on the field. They're young. We want to give them room to grow, but we have no belief or hope in the people that are going to help them grow. And that's really where we are now. And and that's I mean, through seven weeks, if we're winding down here, we know we have Detroit coming up on Halloween. But I'm with you, Jess, where it's kind of like I'm I'm out of gas when it comes to how frustrated and mad in different ways and forms and variety that I can express it. I think we're just at this point where we have no more hope that the people that are supposed to fix it can fix it. And now we're left being frustrated on a weekly basis. We'll see what happens. Yeah. And, and I, like, I'm not at the point where like Jalen hurts is what? 24 years old. Right. Monte Smith is 22. Jalen Rager's 22. I like, I'm not at the point where I'm going to sit here and scream and yell to trade these guys and just completely give up on it. Like they're, they're in the NFL for a reason. And they were guys who were expected to be high draft picks for a reason. You know, like I understand that they're obviously, you know, we're all proponents of the little bit of anger with the Rager Jefferson thing, but Jalen Rager was also expected to be a first or second round draft pick. That's not, you know, that's, that's not disputed, but you look at it and you know, I'm not willing to be like, all right, just get rid of all these guys. Like, yeah. no, they can still do things to help you. But at the end of right. the day, you just said it again. I don't trust the people that are responsible for helping their careers grow and helping them grow as, as players and make them into huge threats in this league. I don't. And I think that's sad for players specifically like Devonte Smith. When we've seen what he's capable of and how talented and how special he is, and now you're seeing him now, it kind of makes me sad because it's like they're this is like they're to blame. The coaching staff, higher ups are to blame because we can we know what he's uh, capable of. So it's really frustrating. It's like dang, that sucks for him. You know, (laughs) he's supposed to be on an incline, and it's like he's at a standstill. No, it's you're right. Standstill, I think, is the perfect way to put it right now if it makes you feel any better um seth curry had 23 points in the first quarter and was six of seven from three so it makes me feel amazing yeah yeah yes yes it's a very nice ointment to my burn thank you i I appreciate (laughs) there's your positivity for the day exactly thank you we should end on that because i don't think that we're going to get back to any moment of positivity following that look we just hope that next week 
we're having somewhat of a positive conversation. And I guess it's like a collective exhale. Yes, you are exactly right, Rachel. It's just like a collective I take exhale. It. <laughs> I mean, they didn't lose. That's what we're really looking for. They didn't lose. Thank you all yeah. for popping in and being a part of this. Hit that thumbs up button. Make sure you're subscribed as well. Thanks to all the messages on the chat. And we'll see you again for Jess, for Rachel, and Maton. It's a rough one, but there's always the Lions. Enjoy your week.